0: Hey, this is Kevin, the student pastor at Short Church again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We strive each week to bring relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To stay up to date with what's going on at the church, or to support the mission financially, head over to scog.com or download our app. I hope you enjoy the message. We are in the middle of a series called Come to the Table. And what we're doing is examining all the different ways that Jesus is constantly eating his way through the New Testament. He is just going to meal to meal, party to party in what that looks like. He finds himself at the table with people who like him, people who don't like him, people that want to argue with him, people that want to love him. Jesus' every meal is like our Thanksgiving, right? Every time. Um, it's, 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 people are arguing, picking fights, dealing with stuff all the different time with him when he is at the table with them. And so we find ourselves, if you read the new Testament, usually I just kind of ignore, um, the setting of what Jesus is doing. Um, but if you look at it, he's eating with them, always eating, always eating. What is the big deal about these parties, about this food and about why you're doing these things, Jesus? Well, in, I'm glad you asked that question. Because in the New Testament, in this time period, if you ate with someone, that meant you approved of them, that you uh, you at least accepted them, that you were inviting peace with them. And so, if I decided to come to your house for dinner, it meant that we're good, okay. Uh, Maybe me and Abram had some issues back in the day, but we're good. He invited me over for dinner. I come over to the house. We we eat some ribs, and we're all, if we're Jewish, we're not eating ribs, by the way. Uh, But we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be good. And so that's how that, that progressed. And so you're entering into these relationships. Um, and when someone says, hey, come over for dinner, I'm inviting my peace, I'm sharing with you. You're We are going to be good. I want to take this relationship to a different kind of level. And so that's been asked over and over and over and over again um, in dealing with there. So uh, whether that is some rich Pharisee or some Sadducee, or some lawyer that's inviting Jesus over, or, as we're going to see today, someone who's basically a mob boss. Okay, So things are going to get a little different today. Now, I had promised on Facebook that we were going to watch a clip of The Godfather today. I had promised this, and it was really exciting. I've been in ministry 16 years, and it was the first time I was going to watch Godfather in church, and I was so pumped about it. Um, But Kevin got sick. And was not able to to do that. Um, so Kevin's not here, but Kelly will be teaching youth tonight, so there will be youth and all that stuff. But he got strep throat on the airplane going to visit his girlfriend. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, <laughs> so big weenie. Uh, anyways, so <laughs> that's not nice. Uh, he would have been here. He he does things that are bad for his health all the time in going. You go home. I have to tell him that more than he calls off. So anyway, he won't be here, but youth will be um, run by the amazing and fabulous Kelly Hauser. Uh, and we'll, we'll have that going on tonight. Uh, so uh, that's happening. Also, if you have mana orders, you can talk to Kelly or Perry. They'll help you out uh, with, with dealing with mana. Um, anyway, back to our regular scheduled uh, message. What was going on here is uh, we're going to visit this, this mob boss uh, today. And you may know him, By a different name than mob boss. You have sang, if you grew up in church, if you went to any vacation Bible school, you sang a song about this mob boss. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. right? That's what you sang. And you made him all nice and cute, and he's a flannel graph character, right? You guys have flannel graphs? Maybe, maybe not. If you don't have a flannel graph, you missed out. Um, And so... My mom actually has waged like a personal war on flannel graphs. She is the embodiment of a flannel graph. That's why she, de- she dresses up as different characters and stuff, because she wants to be the flannel graph. Um, and so you have the flannel graph character, and you had the tree slapped on there, and you had this little little guy that he also, lucky enough, he was the shepherd boy in the nativity scene. But that's Zacchaeus, and you walk him across the flannel graph, and he climbs him up in the tree, and then Jesus yells at him Zacchaeus, come on down. You're going to your house today. Go right? Okay. Um, and so you have that. Here's the deal, though. If you read the scriptures, Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector, which means he looks a whole lot more like Don Corleone than he does a Hobbit. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna step into that today, and for you to understand that, because when you start understanding Jesus into the life of this mob boss, this gangster, and what that happens in the New Testament and the amount of acceptance and the amount of grace that God has for Zacchaeus, that that, that should just kind of your mind about what grace actually is, okay? Every time Jesus comes to the table with someone, there's three things that happen. The first one is this. Jesus is gracious with his acceptance of people from all Walks of life. Jesus is gracious with his acceptance of people from all walks of life. From prostitutes to tax collectors to people who thought they religiously had it together. Even those jerks. He's gracious and accepts all of them. It's amazing. Second thing he does is Jesus provides a road map to redemption. Jesus provides a roadmap for redemption. It doesn't matter which angle you're coming at. If you think you have it all together or if you know you don't have it all together, Jesus provides a roadmap for redemption. And then finally, Jesus shakes everyone's worldview. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't appreciate having my worldview shaken. This is is the point that actually will get Jesus uh, crucified. He takes people's worldview and he pokes it. He says, that's not the way it is. I'm going to rattle that tree. But Jesus shakes everyone's worldview. Whether you're a disciple, whether you're a Pharisee, whether you're a religious elite, whether you are a tax collector, he shakes your worldview. And when we come in contact with Jesus, if we truly are reading the scripture, if we're delving into the words of Jesus, guess what's going to happen to our worldview? It's going to get shaken. If we're honest with ourselves, we start reexamining how we view the poor, how we view different issues, how we love people, our worldview will be shaken. It starts to change from what my daddy told me, from what my friend told me, from even what my wife or my husband told me, to what Jesus tells me shakes your worldview. These three things happen over and over and over again. Turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. If you need a Bible, there's Bibles in the seats in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, please take that Bible with you today. Um, If you have 10 at home, don't take one of my Bibles, Um, but you can borrow it today. All right. Um, Luke chapter 19. What we've got going on here is we have um, the setting going on in, in Jesus's life. He's coming into the last Passover. He's coming into the last time he's going to be at Jerusalem. He's coming into Holy Week, which also means the week he's going to be arrested, the week he's going to be crucified. Okay. So Jesus is on his final tour, if you will, coming into Jerusalem. This is a big deal. As you can imagine, it's weighing heavily on Jesus's mind that this is what's going on. Um, he knows what's about to happen, right? He's turned his face towards Jerusalem. He's turned his face towards being crucified. And he's going, okay, what are the last few things I want to teach? And so as you think about this, he's walking into Jericho, which is where Zacchaeus is at. Jericho is the last stop. It's the kind of the way station before you walk between uh, Jericho and Jerusalem. It's about a day walk, maybe a day and a half, two days. You don't want to be there too long because do you know what's in between Jericho and Jerusalem? It's a little thing our friend King David wrote about called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. That's a fun tourist attraction, right? That's what's in between the two. And so it's this highway that goes in between uh, Jerusalem and Jericho is the valley of the shadow of death. That's where it actually is. You can drive on today. I remember as an 18-year-old boy, I was in Israel with my dad. And my dad is a large man, and I was a punk 18-year-old, right? So you can imagine me as an 18-year-old. And so we're in this van with a bunch of tourists, and uh, I'm on one side that's closest to the cliff edge, and this road is wide enough for this... It's not really wide enough for this van to be on, but we're on the road anyway in this van. And my dad wants to see at the bottom of the valley of the shadow of death. And so he's constantly leaning over me and I can feel the van tip with my dad's weight moving over here. Now that could all be a figment of my imagination. I don't know if the shocks were doing that or not. But I'm like, stop! Because you look down, it's a sheer cliff. It's, it's nasty, it's scary. And it, you can see why David was like, this is the valley of the shadow of death. It's a nasty place because it's sheer walls on both sides and there's no water running anywhere. It is just scary. But this is the winding road that you had to find yourself to get from Jericho to Jerusalem through the mountains. It's one of the only, it's the easiest, the valley of the shadow of death is the easiest pass to get there from here. Now, You can tell you how nasty and craggy and deserty, um, deserty is a word by the way. I just want you to know, uh, deserty, the, um, the mountains are right there. And so everyone that comes through Jericho uh, throngs of people are coming down from the north and going, getting ready to do this pilgrimage walk through the valley of the shadow of death, through the mountains to Jerusalem, okay? And so there's a big throng of people. This is what's going on. Also, last week we talked about Lazarus and Mary and Martha, right? So this week, it's not in Luke's uh, happening, but it's in other happenings. Why Jesus is late to get to, probably late to get to Lazarus' house to heal him so he doesn't die It's probably because he's hanging out with Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the mob boss. Now you see why Mary and Martha are like, if you would have hurried up and got here, Lazarus, if you wouldn't have been hanging out with the mob boss, you would have gotten here and you'd say, my brother. You see, now you can see the tone of voice a little bit better, right? Okay. Anyway, let's get in here. Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector, underlying chief, if you can do so in your Bible, chief tax collector, and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come on down. Immediately, come on down. Sorry, my comma got in the wrong spot. Zacchaeus, come on down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once, welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. All right, there's a lot in that there's a lot going on, uh, but this is amazing. So what happens in the the, the chapter before this? Kind of needs to be explained before we go into Zacchaeus. Now, as a Sunday school student, uh, as even a Bible student, I haven't read Luke chapter 18 to read Luke chapter 19. But here's something very very important that you need to understand when you're listening to Jesus talk here. Right before this, the rich young ruler had come to Jesus and said. What do I need to do to be saved? With a loaded question. Because I've done all the law stuff. I've been the perfect Pharisee. And Jesus looks at him and says, sell your stuff and give to the poor. And he goes, and he pouts and he walks away. Because even though he's done all the law, even though he has held his teeth right and stood on one foot the right way and done everything perfect, he wants to kind of go show off before Jesus and Jesus, what, what, what else? What else must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, sell your stuff and give to the poor. Uh, I don't want to do that. And so you have this guy by Jewish standards has done everything right, but it's still, he must feel that I'm, I'm missing something. I'm missing a point. And I've had in my life where I felt like I've been going to church. I did the whole church thing. I was, I was here 18 times a week. Whenever the doors were open, whenever they were closed, I was probably breaking into the church. I was like, I did all the church stuff. Every potluck, every fundraiser, all of it. Did it all. Still feel like something's wrong. I was a good Pharisee. And this guy's feeling the same way. What else must I do to be saved? What Jesus is boiling it down to is you need to love people. The two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. But who's my neighbor? Everybody. Everybody? Yeah, those people. They're your neighbor. And you've got to love them. I don't like that answer. Tough. That's the answer Jesus gives. That's the interior monologue that I have. It's probably the one you should probably be having as well. Right? You love your neighbor as yourself. We get pretty good at one or the other, but some people are really good at loving people, but they don't love God. You're missing it. Some people love God really well, but they don't love their neighbor. You're missing it. And so you have this rich young ruler kind of idea of who the prototypical perfect Jew is. And now we're coming to Zacchaeus, who is everything a good Jew is not. Okay, and definition of bad Jew, Zacchaeus. So who is he? He's a chief tax collector. What does that look like? Well, taxes are taken two different ways in the Roman world at this time. The first one is called direct taxes. There'll be a test after this. Um, The first one is direct taxes. And this is more mainly for rich people. This is if you owned property and how many people were in your family. So if you owned a bunch of property, uh, you would pay basically a property tax every year. You'd come and you'd give the Roman government. Thanks for letting me uh, own this property. Here is your um, property tax. Boom. Okay. We don't know anything about the property tax. Um, But then there's a lot of renters, right? Well, renters don't pay property tax, do they? So if you don't uh, pay property tax, the Roman government's like, well, we still need money from these people. We can't let, leave that stuff on the, on the table. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to enact tolls. You guys don't know what tolls are, right? Uh, They're, they're government mandated traffic jams. Uh, So (laughs) that's that's how I view them and gets my anger a little going. Uh, Anyway, so you have these uh, indirect taxes, and so now we need someone to enforce these indirect taxes. Well, Israel is the world's perfect place to have indirect toll booths because there's two roads to get Jerusalem. There's one uh, on this side of the mountains, and there's one on this side of the mountains. And you have, if you're on the uh, the east side of the mountains, you have to go through Jericho to get through the mountains and go through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Well, what do the, the Jewish people do about uh, four? times a year, definitely one time a year, they go to Jerusalem for Passover. So what uh, Zacchaeus says is, I'm a smart guy. I'll pick up my tax booth and have my goon squad right here so that we can tax everyone that's holding a bunch of money because they want to buy the sheep and the goats and the the doves or whatever they're going to sacrifice. And I'll just take a little bit off the top. So that's what Zacchaeus is doing in Jericho and why the chief tax collector would be there is because he is going to make people an offer they can't refuse. So he's might be a wee little man, but he's got Fred and Tony over here that are big guys. Okay, and they're going to enforce the law and they're going to take these taxes. So how does Zacchaeus become a chief tax collector? Well, Rome's like, well, we don't want to pay everybody for this. We don't want to deal with it. We'll let them do it let their own people, their greedy own people be the takers of the taxes. And so what would happen is um, the Roman official would come to town and say, listen, we need a tax collector. We're willing to pay a thousand denarii to whoever who can collect these taxes. Like, we're going to make you rich. And a couple guys in the community would say, That's, I'm willing to sacrifice my integrity and make all my neighbors hate me for that amount of money. Cool, cool, I can do that. And so what would happen is they don't care how you get the 1,000 denarii. Uh, they're going to pay you 1,000 denarii. But they say, I'm going to pay you 1,000 denarii. But what you need to raise is 10,000 denarii. Okay? You need to raise 10,000 denarii. So by next year, you get one. I get nine. Everybody's happy. Cool? Cool. But Zacchaeus gets the bright idea, and all the other tax collectors say, well, they don't care if I actually raise 14 so I'm just going to take a little bit off the top here. We're going to get 14. Rome's happy because they're still getting their nine. I just bingo, bango. I made a lot more money. Did you see how that how I would not like you so much? And every, this is the accepted practice, this is what's going on. Everyone knows this is happening. They're being extorted, and guess what? Because of Fred and Tony, I can't do anything about it. Because if I don't pay, if Zacchaeus goes to the Roman government and says, "These guys aren't paying their taxes, you get thrown in jail, you get crucified, you get stoned, you get lashed not Zacchaeus. Are we following along? Do you understand why Zacchaeus is not the most popular person on the block? He is not running for student body president anytime soon. And so he is the chief tax collector. So chief jerk face, like that's his role. And so the he is the, you see how he's the antithesis of the rich young ruler. He has basically said, I am a sellout to Rome. I'm doing everything that Rome wants me to do. The rich young ruler is doing everything right for Judaism. He's holding his teeth right. He's, he's doing all those things right. He's making the right sacrifices. He's obeying the right laws. He doesn't take too many steps on the Sabbath. He does all this stuff. Zacchaeus is a sellout and terrible. This is what he's doing. And so I think there's a little, there's some Jericho passive aggressiveness going on. Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus and the people are like, well, we can't control him. He doesn't have Fred and I don't know who the other guy I made up was. Tony uh, was uh, and he doesn't have him with him. So we're just going to stand there. You ever done that before? I have. Some of you are too short and you don't know that, but there's a move when someone's annoying you you can just like a boom and you can make yourself bigger. I have a coat that makes me huge. I have a Carhartt jacket. If I like flare that thing out, you can't see around me for nothing. Um, and so you just kind of do the whole, nope, nope. It's like the little guys that the cut on the construction zone and you want over and you just kind of move your truck because I have an avalanche and I just move it over and you can't get past me. That's that whole thing. I know, passive aggressive, I need to work on that. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, we don't do confession, but there you go. Uh, so... Uh, uh, they're doing that same kind of thing. And so Zacchaeus is like, forget this. I'm going to climb up a tree. And so he starts climbing up a tree, which is pretty demeaning of himself anyway. But he wants to see, Jesus, what's this all about? And Zac- Zacchaeus experiences the worst thing that could have happened to him at that moment. Jesus draws attention to him. He says, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up in that tree? And everybody's like, oh, he's going to get it now. Right? Everyone in that crowd is like, Oh, Jesus is going to get Zacchaeus. Get off the YouTube. Like, We're going to take a picture of this. This is going to be awesome. Jesus is going to yell at how terrible Zacchaeus is, how he sold out his people, how he's a doo-doo head, and we're going to get him. Let's go. Hey, Zacchaeus, I want to eat with you. What? No. He's the jerk. Uh, Hey hey, John, will you tell him that he's... No, no, no. We don't want to do that hey Zacchaeus I want to eat I want to eat your house today in front of all these people for the crowd everybody's expecting right oh he's going to get it 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 hey Zacchaeus I accept you I love you I want to be around you there's no qualms between us let's eat let's break bread together that's what he is intimating so that's just ah no Jesus you got it wrong like the, the Pharisees over there you want to go talk to that guy he's the good guy not him he is Don Corleone he is bad bad No, Jesus. Now, in our own lives, how many times, how many times do we look at somebody, we start talking to somebody, we start being around somebody like, no, no, that's the bad person. And Jesus is like, yeah, I love that person. No, no, Jesus, don't you know who they are? Don't you know what they did? Don't you know how they hurt me? Don't you know how they hurt my brother and my sister or my mother or anything like that? Yeah, I told you to love that person. I think we got our wires crossed, Jesus. Like, that person looks a lot nicer and, and they look more like me. And maybe, you know, they, they vote like me and they, they do those things like me. No, no, I wanted you to love that person. Because I mean, that reality, Jesus shaking our worldview, is real. All right? And that's what's going on. That crowd is just blown away. But Zacchaeus's reaction to that moment is amazing. Before we get there, I want to, to that point. Jesus is gracious with his acceptance of people from all walks of life. Not the ones just like him, not the ones that is socially acceptable from all walks of life. That bothers me. I want Jesus to accept people that are just like me. But that's not what happens over and over in the scripture. When Jesus says you're going to love God and you're going to love people, what people? All people. But they're weird. Yes, and so are you. Love all people. The next thing, Zacchaeus' response to this is beautiful. See, Jesus gives acceptance. He gives love first. He doesn't wait for Zacchaeus to say the next sentence. I'm going to give half of my wealth away and anybody I've messed over, I'm going to give them four times as much back. Like, in my way of working, like, that's when I would have started liking Zacchaeus, right? If I, if, if uh, the tax collector comes, like, here is four times the amount of money that I messed you over. Okay, now we're good. Okay, now I'm starting to trust you. Is that the order in which it happens? No. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to your house today. I'm going to have dinner with you. Zacchaeus goes, what? I'm accepted, I'm loved, I'm cared for by the Son of God. This is pretty cool. Hey, guess what? The big crowd's there. They're going to hold him to this. I'm giving half my money away. And if I mess you over, come to the office, I'm going to give you four times over. It's a reaction. Jesus didn't make a, say, hey, I'm coming to your house after you give all your money away. That's not what happened. That's how I, how Jared likes to make it. Make it transactional. I earned it. Zacchaeus earned the grace. Zacchaeus did not earn the grace. His reaction to grace was generosity. Do you see that? You hear that? That is hard. Because I want people to earn grace. So you're like, oh, okay, now you deserve it. Now you did the right thing. Now you're okay. That's not how Jesus works. He gave freely of the acceptance. And the response to acceptance and love was this incredible generosity. He's the antithesis, antithesis of the rich young ruler. See how we do that? This... Boggles my mind, it blows me away. This redemption that Jesus offers is mind blowing it 's greater and bigger than we ever imagine. Jesus provides the roadmap for redemption, but actually in this instance he 's like he doesn 't tell Zacchaeus what to do at all, Zacchaeus comes up with it on his own the uh, if you 're wondering why he goes with four times um, I'll give them back four times. It's actually greater than whatever. In the Old Testament, there's some laws that say, hey, if you mess somebody over, you got to pay them back. I think it's three times or close to that. And so Zacchaeus is even exceeding the generosity of, hey, I messed you over. Now let me make restitution. He's exceeding that. He's going above and beyond because of the graciousness that Jesus has shown him. Does this make sense? it doesn't really make sense. You guys are liars, but, um, uh, <laughs> but I, I hope you're following along because grace doesn't make sense. I want Zacchaeus to earn it. I want him to grovel. I want him to like do something. And then Jesus say, Hey, I'll come to your house today. That's what Jared wants. That's not the way it works. He says, Hey, Zacchaeus, I know you're a scumbag. I'm coming to your house. And for us today, in this moment, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter the things in our past, no matter the things in our present, Jesus looks at us and says, I know you're climbing a tree trying to hide away from everybody, but to see me, I see you and I want to be with you. I see you where you're at and I love you. I accept you there. We'll worry about changing you later, but I want to be with you now. I meet so many people especially like dads on the baseball diamond. I'm like, hey, you know, you're a pastor? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, oh, I could never. The church would fall apart if I walked in the doors. I'm like, no, that is not the way this works at all. And so I have to talk to him a little bit. I'm like, no, no, you, you'll be okay. I promise. It's made out of brick walls. It won't huff and puff and, and fall down. You can come in. Because the idea that we've got cemented in our lives, if I've got to hold my tongue right, I've got to do the right things before I can walk into church, that's not, that's not how this works. Jesus sees us in our mess. He sees us at the lowest of the low and the highest of the high and everywhere in between and says, it doesn't matter if you are winning at life or losing at life. I love you. That is mind-blowing to me. Because Jared wants to earn it. I want to do the steps. Give me 10 steps, Jesus. Give me an easy, like a, a, a workflow plan where a, boom, 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 a plus B plus C equals good Christian boy. And that's not the way it works. It works. God, I love you, and I need you in my life. I need your redemption. You've already got it. You had it at hello. I'm waiting on you to show the humility. I'm waiting on you. Like, I love you. In the midst of your mafianess, in the midst of your using people, in the midst of your lying, in the midst of your stealing, in the midst of your victimhood, I love you, is what Jesus says. What? That is hard to deal with. I have the mentality of I want to earn it, I want to do things the right way, I want to. And I, then that mentality ekes over where I start to get frustrated with the people who just accepted grace. <laughs> Like you didn't earn this. You didn't do the 10-step the program and you didn't do these things. You didn't go to the class that I went to. And Jesus says, shut your face. I love them too. And that's exactly what's going on with the rich young ruler and going on with Zacchaeus. Because those guys are like, well, I did everything right. No, you didn't love anybody. All you cared about was how you, all you cared about was yourself, but you didn't love your neighbor as yourself. You didn't love people. Two commandments I give you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Do both of them. Jesus provides that roadmap for redemption, and it's amazing. Second, the third thing he does is Jesus shakes everyone's worldview. Can you imagine being Zacchaeus that day? <laughs> like, pff, his mind has been blown. Can you imagine being the, uh, the other religious faithful that were getting ready to pay... Zacchaeus, or the guy who just paid Zacchaeus. It was like, hey, I think I got some money coming this way. Like, he just hit, you know, like four times the amount of money. Yeah, I know you messed me over. Because he says it publicly. Can you imagine, like, whoa, what is happening? Wait a minute, Jesus is having lunch with him? That guy just, he just, uh, why would you? Jesus shakes everyone's worldview. He tells them, hey, guess what? The, fair, the, the rich young rule didn't have it together, but Zacchaeus is closer to it. Because the sentence, the last sentence in this, uh, in this story is this. But um, Sorry. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. The, the son and man came to seek and save the lost. Okay, what The rich young ruler came to Jesus to say, what must I do to be saved? He asked the question, how do I get access to salvation? And Jesus is freely giving salvation to the guy that no one thinks deserves it in Zacchaeus. You understand how crazy that is. That is countercultural. This is what makes people mad and why they're crucifying him within a week and a half. Right? Today, salvation has come to here because he's the son of Abraham. Zacchaeus, the countercultural guy, the guy who's against everything that is Jews, the sellout. He's the son of Abraham. He's the good Jew, not the rich young ruler that I talked to. That is amazing. Why is he that guy? Because he's loving people. He comes in contact with grace. He comes in contact with redemption, and he turns the other way and says, I'm giving it all away. I'm going to love people and restore people. But the rich young ruler is faced with the question, how do I be saved? Sell your possessions and give to the poor. He's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not about that life. I'm not not doing it. And Zacchaeus, the guy who has everything going in the wrong direction, starts just giving it away. Loving people well. It's an amazing, amazing turnabout. This idea of grace, this idea that, of what God does in this moment, what, how Jesus loves people. How he intentionally sees them. I don't know if you've ever had a relationship where you really felt like someone knew you. You talk to them and you're like, ah. Sometimes you don't want to be around that person anymore. Because they cut through that. They're the person in your life and it's like, nope. Quit lying to me. And if you ever haven't had anybody like that in your life, I pray that you get somebody like that in your life. It's very uncomfortable but it's beautiful at the same time. We're going to take communion this morning. And as the ushers come forward, we're going to do communion a little bit different. We're going to have a very reflective communion time this morning. We take what's called an open communion here at Shore Church of God. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are more than welcome to take communion with us. Uh, You don't have to go to a special class or anything. That would be really, really hypocritical after the message we just gave, right? Uh, So, um, you just, as we take these, uh, these elements, we're going to listen to some music, just have a quiet time because the moment, um, that we're talking about here is understanding what great that God has acceptance and grace for us. No matter where we're at, no matter what we've done, no matter who we've been, no matter uh, what's going on in our life, we have had, uh, God sees us. He sees us climbing up in a tree. He sees us trying to hide. He sees us through all the junk that we have, and he wants to be with us. Now that is amazing, it's impactful, and it's it cuts through all the stuff of our life. Maybe this morning you're going, I want to be seen by Jesus. And I don't even know what that looks like. That looks like this. God, you can pray this prayer with me. God, I want you to know me. I want you to see me. And I got a lot of stuff in my life, but I want you. God, would you come to lunch with me today? Would you see me today? Would you be with me today? God, I'm trying to love you, and I don't even know what that means, but I want you to redeem me. I want you to save me. I want to live a new kind of life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. There's a um, thought I had this week. I was trying to talk to somebody else in in, in the church about grace um, that I want us to kind of think about and ponder as we take this communion, but it's this. When offered the unconditional, unrestricted, unbiased grace of Jesus, when that is offered to us, the next step is, what is our reaction? The unconditional, unrestricted, unbiased servanthood to the grace giver. Sometimes we get it out of order Sometimes we never get it at all. But to know this morning that there is unrestricted, unbiased, unrelenting grace being offered to you. What's your reaction going to be? Is it one of selfishness? Is it one of hoarding? Or do you want to give that grace? Who do we give it to? We love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. We love our neighbors as ourselves. It affects everything we do. It affects how we talk, how we parent, how we live in our marriage. It affects how we vote. It affects how we drive on the freeway. All of it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are and what you're about. Thank you for this crazy acceptance. God, there was stuff I didn't, I don't have to hold my tongue right, I just have to come after you. (laughs) Lord, I feel like Zacchaeus this morning, I just want to see you. I just want to see you active in my life, I just want to see you in some way. God, I thank you for your grace, I thank you for your extravagance, that you would see someone who's so messy and so broken and still love me. For every single person in this room right now, God, I thank you that you see them. And no matter if they've been trying to hide from you or they're mad at you or they're happy with you or anywhere in between, God, that you love them. This morning, as we take these elements, as we take this grape juice that represents the blood of you being poured out, washing away our sins, that we would remember that you would do it all just for one of us. And as we take this bread that represents your body being broken for us, that we would remember what this is. That you love us. That whenever we take of this meal, remember your acceptance and your grace and your redemption and your love for me. For every single person in this room. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' holy and powerful name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's teaching. If you have any questions or comments, shoot an email to office at scog.com. To continue to support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community for Christ, you can give online at scog.com or through the app. See you next week.